Oh my goodness, would you um, open the word with me? Um, if you have your Bible with you, um, we're going to start in our Old Testament, just one verse that's been powerfully guiding us over the last several years. Really, it's been the COVID years that, that we've been anchoring ourselves in this promise of God. And we're going to turn to the book of Isaiah, um, chapter 43. I think if you don't have your scriptures with you, I think we'll project it onto the wall here for you as well. Hear the word of God, would you? But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. The very word of God. Oh, thank you, God. Now, would you open with me to our New Testament uh, scripture for today? There's so many places we could have gone. We're going to be in John chapter 20. Um, there's so many places we could have gone, so many different facets of this glorious story of the resurrection of Jesus. But but today we wanted to, to continue our study of John and and note that John especially... Uh, recorded the resurrection of Jesus through the eyes of one woman, um, Mary Magdalene. Now, in your small groups this week, uh, you'll, you'll briefly take a foray into uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, where, where we first meet her. And, and just know this, uh, as, a, as a foretaste of that, um, what a story. <laughs> What a story. When God gets a hold of someone's life, when someone encounters the mercy and grace of Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes. And and Mary's testimony was just exactly such a story. But today we're gonna we're gonna go with Mary uh, to the tomb of Jesus, and we're gonna pick up that story in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter twenty, beginning in verse one. I'm gonna try and behave myself and actually read the scripture straight here, but we'll see if I can get away with it. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. And saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple. And they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there. But he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. The other disciple, John, went in as well. And he saw and believed. 
For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples, Peter and John, went back to their homes. But Mary, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she too stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And then he asked another question. Whom are you seeking? Now, supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. We recognize the word rabbi. Jesus said to her, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And he has said these things, and that he had said these things to her, the very word of God. Mm. Oh my goodness! I know you have, but I'm asked the rhetorical question anyway. Have you ever been in that place where your whole world was turned upside down, right? And and I mean, you could barely take a breath, much less understand how. What, what the tomorrow would hold, what the coming week would hold, what the rest of your life would be like. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that that's what's going on right here as we just parachuted into John 20 in the middle of the Gospel of John here today. We've got, we've got people who are absolutely devastated. And there's so many things that could cause that kind of devastation for us, aren't there? I cannot help but think that one of the most overwhelming is, is the loss of someone you desperately love, right? The, the grief that comes with losing a significant relationship. Sometimes it's not because they passed away. Something comes in between and, the, and there's a separation and, and you feel the weight. You feel the grief of a relationship that once was and no longer is. I know there's so much more going on here than that. But, but I love it that God meets us at the, at the deepest levels. And he also meets us at the, at the simplest, most profound levels as well. But here's what I also know. Because 
of the resurrection of Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes. That's going to be a theme for today. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, everything changes. We have no idea the, the magnitude of this event, not just for our lives, but for the course of human history. So that, so that as we see in this passage, they, the, the very first few to, to believe that indeed he had risen from the dead, from those few men and women, now over two billion people would profess that Jesus Christ is alive, right, today. Isn't that astounding? Oh my goodness. Well, here's the great invitation, right? How do we then... Wherever we are today, and we're going we're gonna to see a, a whole spectrum of different responses to the resurrection. Wherever we are today, how do we live in light of the resurrection of Jesus? And the, the way I'd like to do it is, is um, just by simple verbs, right? Just some simple verbs. Uh, it's going to go like this. I'm going to tell it to you up front, and then we'll explore it together. Come and see. Would you say that with me? Come and see, right? Stay and experience. Would you say that with me? Stay and experience. Go and tell, right? Go and Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I, I know it's an oversimplification, and you will spend... The rest of your days until Jesus comes, you will spend the rest of your days exploring what this means, right? But today, on Resurrection Day, let's just see um, this response in the light of Mary Magdalene's life. Let me, let me start with the word come, if I could, right? Come. Uh, I know that that morning... Uh, her eyes blinded by tears, her heart so heavy with grief. I know that, that, that Mary was probably just operating off of just rote function, right? She did what everyone did when they'd lost a loved one, especially if they'd lost them right at the beginning of Sabbath and they could not attend to them on that Friday evening or the whole day Saturday, right? She waited. She waited till that Sunday morning when all the other uh, disciples, men and women, were, were hidden away, many of them together, but, but hiding from the world, not sure what the next few hours, much less days or years, would hold. Mary went out, right? Let me put it differently. Mary came. She came to Jesus. Um, I remember my grandmother saying, we're going to have a come to Jesus moment. She meant something completely different, right? But, but Mary at least went to where Jesus was, right? She, she went to the tomb where she had last seen Jesus' body placed. She came. My great encouragement to you, no matter where you are, I've walked with Jesus for over four decades, and I still need to come to Jesus. Does that make sense? Right? There's never a time when you graduate from coming to Jesus. Every moment of every day, 
of every year of our lives. We have the sweet invitation to come to Jesus. But I want to I want to push a metaphor here for just a second. Um, we um, we know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, interceding for us right now. Sorry for that summary of half of the New Testament right there. Um, so we can't physically come to Him, right? So I'm so grateful for what you did today, what you did, and those of you watching online, what well, you had the opportunity to do. Uh, she came to the body of Christ, right? Um, and and. And the Apostle Paul loved that metaphor, right? Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father, praying for us. But his body is still here. And in the metaphor, which I'm alluding to, the body of Christ is a people who put their trust in Jesus. And so, so we have this incredible opportunity. Mary could come to the physical body of Jesus, but we can come to the, the spiritual body of Jesus. We can come to the men and women who have put their trust in Jesus, and we can join with them there. I'm so grateful that, that you have done that here, that you have come to the body of Christ here today. I'm going to push you to go one step further to not just come on Easter to the body of Christ, but, but to recognize that God has meaning and purpose for your life. He has, I was about to say, He has a mission for your life, but it's really a co-mission. It's a, it's a, it's a joining up with Him in His purposes through your life. Come to Jesus. Come to the body of Christ. But come join the mission of Christ as well. Come. We said earlier, come and see. Right? Mary Magdalene, John 20, verse 1. Mary Magdalene came and she saw. What was it that she saw? She, she saw the external evidence. But I want to just note right here that 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 she did not understand what she was seeing. And initially she ran. She, she was still in automatic mode, not being able to process that the body of Jesus wasn't there. She ran back to the body of Christ. She ran back to the disciples and, and ran away from that place. We saw in the story that immediately the two disciples began to run. I, I, I love Peter and and John, they were very competitive dudes, right? One physically, and the other one spiritually. Yes, can you be spiritually? Oh, yes, right? How about this? The one that Jesus loved, right? I'm sorry, right? Jesus loved them all, didn't he? Right? But, but John called himself the one. He's the one writing the story, right? John says, oh, yeah, and the one that he loved got there first, Right? If you have brothers, or in my case, sisters, who used to beat me up, thank you, Beverly, Virginia, Maryland. Um, if you have um, siblings, you know that kind of rivalry. John got there first, but did not go in. Peter comes barreling up, probably embarrassed that John, this scrawny little guy, beat him. He, and he gets there and then goes in, right? And Peter saw, now I'm borrowing this from Luke's story. Luke says, when Peter looked in, he marveled. 
he wondered. It's almost like, how could this be, right? Peter saw and marveled. But here's my, my point today. He, Peter didn't understand either, right? It's not like Mary was handicapped or something. Um, Peter didn't understand. He didn't understand what he was seeing. Uh, uh, John says it several times. He did not understand what the scriptures had said, right? It was all there. It was all there, but they did not understand. So then when Peter went in, John's not going to be left behind. John goes in, he sees, and now, and John's writing the story, but, but now we see for the first time, he put his weight down on what he saw. He did not understand, but he believed. He believed, beloved. You can hear the Easter story over and over again every day or every year of your life, and it can have no effect on how you live. That Jesus Christ, as we said earlier, has broken the power of fear, of sin, of disease, of death, of hell, that Jesus has broken those things, can be absolutely true and have no effect on your life at all either physically, emotionally, or even spiritually, slash eternally, right? It can, these things can be true and not matter at all until that day when you come to that place where you're able to say, you know what, I do, I do believe. We just recognize that that's a different process for, for everyone. Um, I shared with you before that they're really an oversimplification is to understand that there are three kinds of people, those who are relational and, and just need to know that they are loved. That was me. When I understood the love of God for me, when I understood John 3.16, right? God so loved the world that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting. I was in. I was in. But, but not everyone's like me. Some people need to say, no, you got to explain to me how this works, right? And and they're kind of like the Romans there. They're very practical. Uh, I, I want to believe. I need to know how this works. And and just jot in your notes, if you would, First Corinthians 15, just this amazing expression for those of you who need to know, how do I do this? First uh, Corinthians 15 gives this incredible insight. But there's still others who need to not just know how it works but how all the pieces fit together and and i'm so grateful for the apostle paul i cannot understand the man he writes sentences longer than your arm it is it is amazing the thoughts that that man has um, but he understands how all of that comes together and in in the book of romans he gives us an incredible path to understand completely how to believe, how to come to him. Let me just summarize the end of that. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, he says, If you will say out loud, uh, confess with your mouth, um, Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, he's sovereign over my life. And Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You see why Easter is so important? 
believe in your heart what we're saying today, that God has overcome through Jesus Christ. You shall be saved. You shall be saved. You will have a relationship with the living God. You will live eternally. Oh, my goodness. Such, such powerful news. What, what happened when John went in was that, that the, the dots connected. He didn't understand everything. He, he probably went to his grave not understanding everything. Do any of us understand everything? If I could understand everything, that would mean that I'm God, right? And I'm not God. And you're not God. God is infinite and we are finite. But, but God reveals just enough for each of us so that we can come to that place where we take that step. And it is a step of faith. And, and put our weight down on what God's Word says. John saw and believed even when he didn't. Understand, right? Pastor Bill, in a couple of weeks, is going to is going to help us understand this. I just want to um, shoot um, shoot a, a light of hope for those um, who who have not seen. Uh, Jesus said uh, to Thomas, "You believe, <laughs> and that's good, right? But blessed are those who have not seen and still believe." Are there any of those? Have you seen Jesus? No. But you have believed, and that belief is just as powerful. And, and, and Jesus says, even more blessed than someone who has seen and believed. Oh, I know. It's a step of faith to believe in that which you cannot see, but you will be blessed. You are blessed as you do that. Come and see. But, but here's the unique thing about Mary. I'm so grateful for John telling us her story, right? Peter and James went home. They went home. Peter was marveling. James believed what the Scriptures had said, that he must rise from the dead. And then they went home. And, and, and Mary stayed. Mary stayed, right? She, she stood outside the tomb and, and through her tears and through that overwhelming burden of grief, still wondering, you know, what happened here this morning, she looked into the tomb. Now, Peter and John had gone into the tomb and they saw no one. Right? Isn't this beautiful? God knows what you need. He wants so much to reveal himself to you in a way that you can receive. Um, John knew that Mary couldn't see straight right then. And so he put two, excuse me, God knew uh, that Mary couldn't see straight. He put two messengers in there. Uh, Don't picture little fat babies with wings. He put two people that look like human beings. There's something different about them. But they were, they were messengers. They were angels. That's what that word means. They were angels, one at the head, uh, one at the foot of where Jesus had lain. And, and Mary uh, had this incredible opportunity to ask them questions, you know, to express to them her fears. 
They said to her an important question. They said to her, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Um, I want to substitute right here, and, and I, don't, I don't want to mess with Scripture, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I, I'm, in my heart, sometimes my heart goes, why are you grieving, Dave? Why are you grieving, right? And, and it's not a slam on grief, right? Because if you've had a loss of the magnitude that we're talking about, you know that it does not go away, right? It changes you, right? Remember how I said earlier, you will be forever changed, right? You'll never be the same as a result of the resurrection. Well, well we're changed when someone we love uh, is taken from us or is no longer with us, or our relationship is broken, we are changed. And, and the natural response is, is grieving. And in Mary's case, actually physically weeping, right? So why does this angel rudely say to her, why are you weeping? Why are you grieving, right? It sounds like a, a, a rude question, but it's not. It's not, right? Because the angel knew something that she did not know. Jesus Christ's body was not stolen, was not taken from her, right? He instead had been raised from the dead, just like he had said he would. So, so wow, what incredible, what incredible news she's receiving here. And then, and then the scripture says she turns around and, and there's a man standing there. Uh, we've seen this over and over again. God surprises us in the least places that we expect to see something. There's a man standing there, and he asks her the same question, you know. Why are you weeping? And, and, and he takes it one step further. Who is it that you're seeking? Who is it that you're seeking, right? Who are you looking for? And, and, and why sound like obvious questions. They're deeply profound, beloved, right? There's no need to grieve, right? Because he's alive. The, the purpose of her tears and the purpose of her grief has been overcome. Jesus is alive and he's standing right before her and she has no idea. There's a, all kinds of bunny trails we can go on there to say, why did she not recognize him? I have a sneaking suspicion it was because of his resurrected body, that might be part of it, right? And, and, and then he asks her that question. She does the same spiel she gave the angels, right? And he busts through it. He busts through it with one word. Mary. I've shared with you before, even someone I haven't seen for 10, 20, 30 years can call me on the phone. And, and, and initially there's something, there's something, uh, I, I know this voice, you know. Uh, I know this. And then, and then when they say my name, uh, I, I go, oh my gosh. That's, that's Joe Johnson from high school. And, and I recognize his voice now. When Jesus said her name, she recognized who it was. Do you remember our Old Testament? Don't be afraid. Isaiah 43.1. Right? I have redeemed you. I have called you. Help me. By name. Help me. And you 
are mine. Everything changes. Everything changes with the resurrection of Jesus. Stay. She stayed. And as a result, she experienced. She experienced clarifying questions, right? Why are you grieving? Who are you looking for? She experienced the presence of Jesus. But she experienced so much more than that. She experienced also the calling of Jesus. It wasn't just her name, but in knowing her and knowing her circumstances, he gave meaning and purpose to her life. And she experienced and the commissioning, the co-missioning, Mary, join me in my purposes. And I wish I could call you each by name throughout the sanctuary here. Join Jesus in his purposes. He's not done yet. This is just the beginning, right? Now we get to live for him. Now we get to partner with him in sharing this life-transforming message that Jesus Christ has broken the power of fear and sin and disease and death and hell. Right? Experience the commissioning of Jesus, beloved. His words to her are his words to you. Go. Go. And Mary Magdalene went. Every time I hear that word go, I'm taken back to, to the Great Commission, right? The Great Commission, right? I'm going to say it slightly different than many of you have heard, but in our studies of that, we've come to understand that Great Commission is in your going, in everything you do, Right? In everything you do, make disciples, make fully devoted followers of Jesus, of all peoples, ethnos, people groups, right? Of all people groups, immerse them in the character and and community of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Immerse them in it. Beloved, God has commissioned us. Just like he commissioned Mary. What are we going to do with that? Right? I don't, I don't want to beat up on Peter and, and, and John. Are we just going to say, well, let's go to Easter lunch, right? Let's go home. Um, Masters tournaments on. There's just some good stuff, you know. Uh, wow. Wow. All these other things, right? But, beloved, he's entrusted to you the most powerful purpose the world has ever known. To make his name glorious. Right? That's what he's done for you. Well, well, like Mary, we also, in our going, are called to, to tell. To tell. Mary Magdalene went and announced. First, she said what she saw. Come on up, worship team, if you would. First, she said what she saw. And I, I don't know why this is probably terrible, but it just, it just reminds me of the aphorism that's going around our culture right now. Help me. If you see something, say something, right? Um, because people have taken that to heart, um, uh, school shootings have been stopped in sometimes, in some circumstances, right? Because, because, um, people have taken that to heart because they, they didn't just see something and keep it to themselves. Um, Lives have been saved. Now multiply that eternally, right? If you have seen today, 
that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Say something. It might be as simple as what we've been saying to one another uh, all day long, right? He is risen. You just did it. You just did it, right? It's that simple. It might be as simple as saying Christ is risen from the dead, and that changes everything. First, first she told what she saw, but then she went back again. She went back again. Look at the end of that passage, right? She went back again, and she told what she had experienced. I mean, camping on that word experience, but the Bible uses a different word. The Bible uses the word no right there, right? No, right? But, but for us as, as Westerners, whenever we say the word no, we, in, we automatically just think intellectual assent, right? Yes, I intellectually believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. Beloved, have you experienced? Have you experienced the power of the resurrection? Because Scripture says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Right? It lives in you. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. The invitation of, of Resurrection Day is to not just uh, uh, see something, not just to even believe, because we know that evil one believes, right? Satan believes, his demons believe. It has no effect on their life. But to experience the power of the resurrected Christ. That's his sweet, sweet invitation to you. Paul, would, he's writing to his disciple Timothy. He said, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Right? And I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day when he comes again what has been entrusted to me. God is able to to guard that in your heart. My question for you is, what are you going to do, disciple of Jesus? What are you going to do, person to whom this morning God revealed himself? What are you going to do with that knowledge? The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. Amen? God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that... That he came and he lived a little life, God, that, that models for us what a love relationship with Christ is. Thank you. Thank you that, that from the beginning of creation, all of his story has been, been working out in creation. And today, God, that story continues. The Word has been, has been heard. The Word has been spoken. Your Holy Spirit is moving. God, for those who are still living in fear, I ask in Jesus' name that with resurrection power, you would drive that fear away. For those who are still living in disease or disease, God, that the power of Jesus Christ would heal for those, God, who still are overwhelmed by the power of darkness, deliver us. Deliver us. And for those who are still timid about confessing you as Lord, God, we, we believe, and today we know we believe. Give us. 
the courage to say it out loud. You are Lord. Oh God, thank you. Thank you that your word is here. The same word from creation is here and moving in our midst. Help us to speak that beautiful name.